0: The debacle and sheer embarrassment of losing to Cal State Fullerton during non-conference play at home left a lot of the Bruin fans enraged, giving them a a level of despondency that was at a a high. And the Bruin fans, even the most optimistic ones, were having a hard time fathoming anything in the short term that was going to be nothing short of bleak for this basketball team considering what this group went through during the early portion of this season but if we knew then what we knew now I mean mean, what a difference things have been and the Bruins just took down dismantling Utah yesterday and I kid you not I am not lying to you when I tell you this but UCLA is only a game and a half out of first place in the Pac-12 standings. With that Let's welcome you into the show. This is Locked on Bruins. I'm your host, Brian Fenley. I'm also a national anchor at Fox Sports Radio, a co-host for the Bruin Insider Show, which is the equivalent of the Coaches Show, which airs on the radio In Los Angeles on Tuesdays during basketball season, I do it with Tracy Murray. You know him, a Bruin Hoops legend. Also, co-host Nick Cope joins me. And we will be on the air in Los Angeles 7 to 8 p.m. this Tuesday on AM570 LA Sports. And that's just the start of a ton of content that we are going to churn out for you this week particularly here on Locked on Bruins. We, we come to you on a daily basis, so it would be in your best interest to subscribe to the show as we lay it all down for you, give you commentary and opinion and information, all the latest that is going around, going around when it comes to athletics in Westwood. And you can also provide feedback. You can tell me what you like. You can tell me something that you would like for me to discuss that I haven't done or you can complain about something that I brought up or tell me that you detest something I said. You can do all of that via email, LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. So plenty to unpack on this episode of Locked On Bruins, much of which will be encircled around revealing what this win against Utah yesterday was able to show us about the progression of UCLA. From the the evolution of Tiger Campbell as he flourishes on the court offensively and has a season high in points, to the defense that I believe made significant strides in this game, including one player who had not really been a, a big factor when it comes to playing time, but took a tremendous step in the right direction as far as what he can do on the defensive end. Plus, we will wrap up the show by looking at how the Bruins were again able to avoid a second-half slippage. Yes, they had a 19-point lead. It got down to four. How the Bruins were able to hold things out and win in the end. Plus, Chris Smith, he had a down game. What led to that, and how does he rebound coming into the team's next week? Which. They'll be on the road this week against the Arizona schools and we will preview and look at all that as far as matchups are concerned later on this week. But I do want to begin with the defense. You know that this is Mick Cronin's identity. This is where he gets his most joy. It's what is achieved on the defensive end. He's not a guy, as you listen to a lot of his postgame press conferences, who's going to praise just for the sake of praising. If you do something right... He's going to let you know, but you're going to have to work to get his respect to do so. And so when he does take the podium after this game against Utah, and the first thing he says is he's happy with the defensive effort. Look, he's not a guy who's going to throw around compliments to everybody. So when he says something like that and starts out by saying that, that is a tremendous sing- single signal that this UCLA team is starting to get it on the defensive end and that he is noticing a change. So he said he was happy with the defensive effort. He also did praise Utah for being a good shooting and, and passing team, and that's all nice, but the defense for UCLA was the story of this game. There's no question about it, and, and there were players that stood out defensively that made a big difference, and I'll get into those in just a moment, but then Cronin was asked during the post-game press conference about What do you believe is the reason or the cause for this resurgency in defense, at least what we saw particularly against Utah? And I'll tell you, we've seen this defense on the upswing, but there were examples in in a sense to me that this... It just keeps getting better, and even at a, at a more pronounced level, this this defense in terms of what I'm going to tell you in just a moment. But Cronin said, look, our defense, guys are buying in. Changing the DNA is, is really hard to do. He said that's what we have to do as a coaching staff because he went on to say all respect to, to Coach Alford, who won a lot of games, but they did stuff differently on the defensive end. He said, did Cronin, it's not better. It's not worse, but realistically, we know that it is better on the defensive side of things, what Mick Cronin is doing, than what Steve Alford is doing, because if you're Steve Alford, your best defense is outscoring your opponent, but what happens if you don't score on a possession? So, then you put yourself in a very precarious situation. So, okay, the biggest takeaway I had on the defensive end for this game was Cody Riley, playing some awesome defense. And to think that this guy in the years prior at UCLA would be able to do that, you would have said, oh, no way, this is not what he's about. This is not what he does. This is, this is just not part of his MO. What I saw from Cody Riley was ultimately a, a tremendous sign from him having three steals in this game. His effort, he was engaged He was together with the defense, and there was one play where he literally just ripped for the ball, like he was guarding his man, and he just went for the ball, got a jump ball call, and the possession arrow favored UCLA. Like, those kind of hustle plays and and heads-up stuff, there's no way we would have seen that last year. No way. Specifically from Cody Riley. And the ball pressure was incredible. I mean, guys are doing a better job across the board of not letting their opponents beat them to the rim. The Utes were pretty low as far as production scoring in the paint because of that. And the steals, you had three from Cody Riley, and one of them was you know jumping in front of a pass, great denial in the post. He only played 15 minutes. He didn't score a whole lot. But I'm going to leave this game, and, and everybody's talking about the Tiger-Campbell renaissance offensively, and we'll get into that in the next segment with his 22 points a season high for Tiger-Campbell. But I'll tell you what, the unheralded, underrated player of the game is Cody Riley, I believe. And I know I'm, I'm taking a, a, a non-conformist stance here, but I do believe that he showed me stuff that I have not seen out of his repertoire all year, all career. And it's those kind of glue guys that can come off the bench, give you a couple steals, rip the ball away and, and get the jump ball, like little stuff like that that's going to push this team to places that it really desires to go. And then there was what Jaime Hawke has, has done on the defensive end. And, and look, this guy is, is exuding consistency. He had four steals in this game, he had three assists, and he had zero, count it, zero turnovers. He had this 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 one steal in the backcourt where he ended up getting fouled by Timmy Allen. The The, the crowd w- was barking for a, a flagrant foul, an intentional foul, and it ended up getting warranted, and so Hawkes went to the free throw line. Some would argue that that sequence was the exclamation point? What cemented the win for UCLA? Jalen Hill summed it up very simply after the game. He said, "Nobody now is gambling on defense. They're playing within themselves, and we know what dysfunctional defense looks like. You know, from the years past at UCLA. That's one of the main reasons they brought in Mick Cronin last year. Kind of like the the Matador defense." where, hey, come on in. It, if you remember the the movie Space Jam, and, and I think when they started to play the game, and it was Jordan and his Looney Tunes characters or whatever against the Monstars, and the Monstars were just dominating, that kind of domination was what we were on the, the losing end of last year and the years prior from just being replete on defense. And now there's a level of accountability, and now Mick Cronin is saying straight-faced. He's a straight shooter. He says, the effort is there. And he went on to say that that is all you can really ask for. So there is so many different examples to, to why this team is is progressing. And then we hear from Utah head coach Larry Kristoviak after the game, and, and we get, well, what is his perspective on his team's loss? And sure it's going to be more inward inwardly focused he said that there was a lid on the rim his team did go 1 of 12 from the three point line so they were defunct from three point range and that was 1 of 12 in the first half the offense is efficiency well they they didn't have great efficiency because he mentioned as part of as this Defense that that I've been glorifying on UCLA's end that they forced seven turnovers in Utah's first thirteen possessions, and now Utah is zero and five. Look, can we can we get rid of the moniker that UCLA is a young team? I know that that's a a pretty easy excuse to rely on, and it, it's used over and over again, not just UCLA but teams in general, because Utah is even younger. Their starting lineup. They were all freshmen and sophomores, and or yeah, freshmen and sophomores, and so UCLA has a little bit older lineup. What you saw from Utah is they're just even more green. They're more raw. They're less developed, even though they're young, and so it just shows you that UCLA is more advanced. And I think because we're beating younger teams, that we need to stop calling ourselves a young team. You know, that's just my opinion. And and so that doesn't discredit the fact that we do have young players on this team, one being Tiger Campbell. What he did on the court against Utah was jaw-dropping, and it left UCLA fans wondering, why isn't this happening every game? Tiger Campbell is the facilitator of this offense. The offense runs through him. He is the glue behind this offense. The one knock on him right now is that you just don't know exactly what you're going to get out of him on the offensive end from a game-to-game basis. And because of that, his playing time varies a lot at times. And so his next step forward is to become a consistent score. If I were to think of something to compare this to, if, if the most dominant offensively-minded point guard is the chief of police... And then you say like at the bottom, you've got like a traffic cop or or like a mall cop, which is kind of where Tiger Campbell is trying to get out of. And when I think of mall cop, I think of the great Kevin James. And I think of that movie. And I actually was doing some research on this movie, and it took like twenty six million dollars as far as its budget, and it made a hundred and eighty-three million dollars. But Tiger Campbell is more qualified to be a mall cop or a facilitator for this offense. He has the the tools, the skill set, like he showed against Utah, to be a reliable. Let's go to me in the clutch. Score twenty two points against Utah, a season high for him. A lot of games you look at his point totals. They'll have like three points. They'll go scoreless. They'll have five points. And when you see a 22-point outing, the, the safe thing to do for a UCLA fan, the, the instinctual thing to do is to say, well, goodness, if we get this one game, why don't we have this more often? And we just might. But when I'm looking at what Tiger Campbell did in this game, what, what Mick Cronin said afterwards is, is he said first off that they rode Tiger Campbell's confidence in the second half. The offense for Mick Cronin is predicated a lot in mismatches. And Tiger Campbell going up against a slower, you know, bigger guy and able to work around him at times. But the Utah defense, they were man overboard trying to guard Tiger Campbell in this game. And he credited Campbell his success. He didn't take a lot of the the credit. Humble guy. He said it was Thanks in large part to the Jalen Hill ball screens that opened him up to, to looks. Now, Jalen Hill, we, we can't forget about what this guy did. He had almost a double-double, double figures in scoring, eight rebounds. Jalen and Jaime Hawkes were scoring at will around the cup. So, yeah, we discuss Tiger Campbell and and his greatness in this game, but... Let's not forget what Jalen Hill and Jaime Hawkes did on the offensive offensive end as, as well. Campbell playing 34 minutes and Hawkes playing 35 minutes. And there was some debate within Mick Cronin's postgame press conference and, and like, you know, he kind of feels bad for playing these freshmen so much, but he's like, we don't really have any other options right now. And he even said that it could be a recipe for disaster because when you're playing youngsters like that that many minutes you're expecting them to act and perform like seniors so it's kind of a disadvantage at them but hey if they're scoring double figures and points and holding their own then then I don't see much of a reason to change what they're doing. Campbell loved what he did on the offensive end for a lot of reasons. First of all he threw a couple alley-oops to Jalen Hill got him going offensively and then Campbell was able to get his game going and there was this one play where in transition going right to the cup shimmies by his defender gets fouled goes to the line hits some three balls and what I loved about Tiger Campbell is that he was patient with his game he was efficient with his shooting he didn't fire up a lion's share of shots and get a couple to go in. He was very selective with his shot making. He was able to to show off the stop on a dime and knock down the mid-range J, blow by a defender to the rim, hang in the air and score off the glass, hit the three ball after a draw and a kick out. Tiger Campbell did it all. And we, I know not long ago on this podcast, we were starting to postulate over, we know we have consistent scorers in Chris Smith in, in, Guys like Jaime Jaquez, where is the other consistent scoring going to come from? And and Nick Cope even brought up that it was going to be Tiger Campbell. If if he could just get some of those three balls to go down. Because on those drive and kick situations, when they're able to penetrate, suck the defense in, leave Campbell open for three, he gets looks. And once those go down, you know, watch out. And they were going down in this game, and it was so awesome to see the shots that – that he were make, was making in this game, usually we saw from Chris Smith. Chris Smith, coming off a career high of 30 points against Colorado earlier last week, had single digits in points. And, and coming up, I'll explain why he was not able to be as much of a factor in this specific game. But first, if you have been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard of all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. This one, of course, is Locked On Bruins. And this is a great opportunity to get a local business to reach some passionate Bruin fans, just like you. And unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives local companies the unique uh, unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, a Not just any podcast listener, by the way, a locked-on podcast listener. And if your company wants to connect with Bruin fans and thinks that it's a great opportunity to get your product in front of them, we would love to hear from you. In fact, local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777, that is advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. Again, that is text ADVERTISING to 33777. Chris Smith has steadily evolved into the offensive juggernaut for UCLA. The maven that the UCLA Bruins go to when they need a bucket in a clutch situation. At least, for the most part, he has been that guy that you can rely on. Consistently leads the team in scoring. Had a 30-point game last week against Colorado, a career high. So, we are becoming so familiar, so comfortable with him scoring at a high clip every game now that when he doesn't have one of those kind of games, it leaves us a bit perplexed. Six points against Utah yesterday. Why? First off, there were the turnovers. You know how Mick Cronin feels about turning the ball over. It's one way to get off the court. But what has been his biggest impediment right now, and sometimes he scores and plays so well that we lose sight of this, but games like this, it shows up. It's the foul trouble that gets in his way. Four fouls that he picked up in this game, And that subjected him to playing only 18 minutes. There was one foul that was called on him in this game where he had the ball at the top of the key. And you could feel that he was antsy to score and that he was about to force something up because it it seemed that he wasn't, he felt, making enough dent on this game. Like you go to the whole cliche and, and coaches tell you, never play outside of your own game. Or let the game come to you. I feel like Chris Smith in this situation did not do that. And so he tries to force something up. Create a shot. Be the star. He ends up pushing off on a guy. And the officials call him out on that. Give him the foul. And as soon as that happens in the aftermath, it's Smith lowering his head, sulking his shoulders, and walking in a defeated manner back to the bench, only to get a stern talking to from Mick Cronin when he got back. Now, Mick Cronin has said this as well. As far as coaching Chris Smith, he gets down on himself sometimes. And you have to teach him that, look, it's not like I'm mad at you personally. It's that I'm trying to help you get better. And so I think that Chris Smith is still learning when he makes mistakes, not to allow that to affect him when he goes to the bench and and gets coached up about it, like things you can't do. If he can let those things slide off of him, but at the same time realize that what coach is saying and, and players are saying, they're not trying to be mean, but they're trying to help, then I think that he can recover from mistakes like these better. But I sometimes feel like when he makes a mistake, that. It ends up leading to another mistake, and that's not what I want to see from this guy because we can see just how good this guy can be. So when you look at why he only had six points, I think some of the mistakes that he did make, as far as you know the fouls and and whatnot, he let that eat him up inside, and that affected him. I think the rest of the game. Now the one thing I will say is that I was concerned about as we wrap up this show is that I I had some 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 concern about if he did not play at tip-top form, if there was another player that would step up in his vacancy and and score, Tiger Campbell did that. So it's good to see that players, guys like Chris Smith, when they don't have that heralded game, that somebody can step up and fill the role and score. Jaime Hawkins is also there. Jalen Hill is getting there as well. And, the next thing that we'll obviously be deliberating and discussing in the coming coming shows, coming weeks, is for Tiger Campbell to have that 22-point game, what is stopping him from having that happen on a regular basis? Like, you hate, you hate bands that are the one-hit wonders. We don't want this kind of performance to be a one-hit wonder. Like, we like your music. Why don't you just keep playing? And think of something else great to play. Same for Chris or for Tiger Campbell. So I, I will finish off the show by saying I think that as as soon as UCLA gets more comfortable in playing fast break offense, the more opportunities that is going to open up for Tiger Campbell. And I think we're starting to see that shift because you you know that the Bruins had 15 fast break points in this game. As soon as they get more comfortable doing that, Tiger Campbell is going to have more consistent scoring. And when he does that, I mean, that adds an extra dimension of just sustainability and growth for this team. Appreciate you guys listening to this Monday episode of Locked on Bruins. Great to report that UCLA has won four of their last five games. They now will focus their attention on the Arizona schools, Arizona State, Arizona, of course. And as we trudge on this week, we will have plenty to banter about as far as how UCLA stacks up against these Oregon's, or these Arizona schools, I should say, and get you all locked in and prepared for those matchups. Appreciate you once again for your time. I'm Brian Fenley.